This is EdTech Weekly. I'm your host, Ricky Zager, and this is episode 92. In tonight's show, Microsoft acquires Flipgrid. Can anyone agree on data analytics? Can EdTech improve equity? Should we be resisting EdTech? And our featured segment is a neat and free tool that anyone could find a use for, but I think especially useful for ed tech coaches. Well, we are trying to stream live again. I know I'm watching my monitor, my stream here. It looks like maybe we're good on Facebook. Um, I don't know what's going on. The internet's acting a little wonky, but we're trying it and hopefully it will work out. If not, of course, we will put it on YouTube after the facts. You can watch it if you want to. Again, streaming live, Facebook, YouTube, and even Twitch. But again, it does not seem to be working all that great at the moment, but we shall see uh, after the fact. Um, EdTech Weekly Chat, hashtag EdTech Weekly Chat. That's what we'll go ahead and follow as I'm uh, doing the show. It's going to be tweeting out questions for the stories as we go through them. Um, Obviously, I'm not going to really be able to closely monitor it during the show or monitor it during the show. So uh, maybe one day we can get a moderator to help out, um, and I'll try to check throughout the show if possible, just kind of reload the Twitter stream there and see if anyone is engaging. But let's go ahead and get down to business as we always do with the EdTech News Rundown. And our first story from GeekWire, it explains that Microsoft bought an EdTech company and promptly made the video discussion tool free to schools. The company they acquired is called Flipgrid, which allows teachers to create a visual grid with one or more topics and allows students to respond with short videos using a browser, tablet, smartphone, or even a Chromebook. Those who use Flipgrid already shouldn't see any major changes as Microsoft is keeping the same branding and current team. The one major change they're making, though, is eliminating paid subscriptions. Those who already have subscriptions will be given a prorated refund, which I'm sure will be welcome news to any educator or school that has paid plans already. Uh, those of you who didn't have them may want to look into it again if you thought the features were a little limited. Um, and those are big G Suite fans uh, that have grown Chromebooks already. Apparently, you don't need to worry either. Microsoft has said that it's going to continue to use Flipgrid and ha- allow it to work with multiple platforms, including Chrome OS. So that's a good thing. And I was chatting on Reddit today, actually in the EdTech subreddit, which is not our EdTech Weekly subreddit, but definitely something you should also check out if you're not um, there already and you're on Reddit. And we were chatting, and uh, apparently uh, somebody who used it said Flipgrid, Flipgrid actually uses Flash. So although it's free, that certainly could be an issue for some. So hopefully Microsoft will remedy that and won't have to use Flash. I think one Redditor put it well and said, it's 2018 and I am not going to be downloading Flash. So yeah, good point to be made there. All right, our next story, EdTech Magazine reports on a survey showing that how to deal with this data is not something everyone in higher ed agrees on. And we've talked about this a lot. Um, Nearly all agree that they want to adopt a data-driven program or programs, but university leadership is having trouble agreeing on the goals of such programs. Uh, And if that wasn't enough, departments within universities don't seem all that eager or even willing to share data, which is also problematic. And it does offer some tips from experts in the field. So if you are someone who's considering this, one of those is building relationship across data silos. And also cleaning up data is another one. Um, um, You know, those two things that are actually really difficult to do especially if data is really siloed off. But if you want to see the results of the survey, we'll put a link up on the edtechweeklyshow.com website. 
Uh, data analytics is certainly something that all institutions are dealing with right now and will be trying to form strategies for, and it's going to be important for them to do so if they want to have any beneficial way of actually using that data. 61% of institutions already have some form of data-driven initiative, and all but 1% have already said that they have plans in the future for that, but there is 1% still, and you, you would think that after they see this, they might change their minds um, after seeing this. I mean, you'd like to think they'd figure this out, right? But can we at least come to some conclusion? Yes, Matt, they should come to conclusion, and I think it should definitely be that data is important and they should be doing some sort of data-driven analytics. All right, let's get to our third story. It's another EdTech Magazine article, and it explains that how technology could be the key for boosting classroom equity. Uh, issues with classroom equity have left some students behind because, um, you know, there's just a lot of situations going on, including geography, race, gender, and economics. All those things can be a factor. They explain that creating an online ecosystem uh, like using Canvas or other learning management systems could level the playing field for students who may miss more time from school for various reasons. Um, having access to materials away from school is definitely important, but addressing access to internet is also something that has to be done to properly deal with equity. They didn't really mention that. They also mentioned that data analytics can help address the needs of your district or school population. They have a few links in the article that could be helpful if you wanna start an equity plan for your school or district. It's uh, techweeklyshow.com for those links again. My only statement would be to be very careful trying to create fixes with technology without uh, first making sure that there is data that proves that said technology works. And of course, by making sure students have access to those resources from home. Uh, if you just can't, if you just add software, but some students don't have access to it, then it's not really going to be a real solution. So, you know, leaving out access here does frighten me a little bit because I know access is a big deal. I think we can definitely get walled off in our worlds where we all have internet, although I'm having some possible issues streaming right now. I'm not sure. So maybe my internet's not as good as I think either. But we all sort of believe that we have these, you know, everyone has access. And I think teachers are aware that that's not always the case, and especially not in some schools. But equity, to solve that problem, we definitely have to have access. So hopefully they're addressing that as well. All right, our next story, an opinion piece from Inside Higher Ed takes a pretty aggressive stance against the technology being used in education today. It's an extended rant uh, that would make even the best of ranters proud here. So I recommend you read it and see if you agree or disagree, see if it makes you angry. Um, I'm definitely, I'll address some of that in a little bit, but... She talks a lot about how sometimes students need to be left alone. She was referencing how the way software is now tracking facial expressions and keystrokes to learn more about students. We did an article about that, I think, the last on the last show. Uh, she also rants on just how little evidence there is that EdTech even works at all. Um, another great rant is how she doesn't think that rewarding reading with a game, as some apps do, is a great idea. After all, reading should be something people are passionate about, according to her. Um, and wouldn't this destroy natural curiosity? And finally, she rants on how tracking an emotion with data points rather than a teacher just observing and interacting with a student is just plain stupid. Now, all of these things together make her want to scream, and she thinks EdTech should be resisted and rejected. Um, boy, there's a lot to react to here. I know specifically just in our world here, the EdTech world, and those of you who listen to the show, I'm sure, uh, don't like that as an option, but... 
I mean, there's there's several things. First of all, I will give her credit for the fact that she's right that there isn't a lot of, of evidence that ed tech works. Um, as we've said a lot of times in this show, I do have real problems though that acting like data can't be tracked and teachers also can't be observing students and doing a good job with that because that is, after all, the strength of the teacher. And as we've talked about many times with AI taking over some responsibilities, at the end of the day, I think we're looking at using humanity to its advantage and we're trying to make that happen more so than than usual here when it comes to, you know, using data analytics or AI on one side, then that helps us hone those personal skills even more. Personally, I wish I had had a game to play after reading. I have to admit that I did not enjoy reading for school-based things. My curiosity was still there, and I liked reading for other things, but school sort of almost ruined my my love of reading, and it did for quite some time. I hated reading things for school, but to me, it just sort of trivializes the issues here. Um, education has been broken for a while, and we need to fix it with research-based learning and making sure that we have solid objectives and we're assessing those and we're doing it in a way that's engaging with students. And I think that all can be done with or without ed tech. I think ed tech can definitely make it easier. But I will say, um, we didn't have much ed tech at all when I went to school. And I hated reading, so my natural curiosity would not have been hurt because I still like reading for natural curiosity things. But if I would have been rewarded for doing some mundane reading that I didn't enjoy, maybe I would have liked reading even more. Who knows? All right, well, that's the end of our show um, segment in terms of the EdTech Rundown. Go ahead and email the show. If Let me know if you like the new format. If you're watching the live stream, or go ahead and give us a comment, edtechweekly at gmail.com. Uh, as always, hit up the subreddit edtechweekly.reddit.com and we post those stories um, there as well and our, our uh, website is back up finally I thought it was back up and it wasn't and we had some issues we went back to a, a backup and got rid of all the malware that was put on there uh, man I, I tell you what running a website is not easy so if you do it I give you some props follow me on Twitter at 4TechTeachers and again that edtechweekly chat is going to be happening each week when we do the show and at Christy M. Warren, she's our co-host. She's not here tonight, as you probably have figured out by now. And we do miss her, but she's on vacation and she'll be back in a couple weeks. So, uh, yeah, let's get to the featured segment. And I think this is a really cool, cool thing. It's called Soapbox. And it's from some a company called Wistia. And they're a video hosting company. Um, they're marketing a lot of times. But they do some really cool uh, tutorial videos on just making videos or using that for marketing. And I think there's a lot of good things that we can learn from that in education as well. Um, so definitely check out wistia.com if you get a chance. But specifically today, I want to talk about this thing that they've added called Soapbox. Well, well, let's start off with what is it? It allows you to record your screen and your computer's camera or from your computer's camera in a free extension directly in the Chrome browser. And that alone is really exciting because you don't have to download something on your computer that takes up a lot of space. It goes right into the plugin for Chrome and it, it works really, really well. Um, I think it's been a while they had it out and, it, and I tried it a while ago and it, there was some things that weren't working well, but I think they've dialed it in. It's working really great now. It's a super easy setup. Um, it's free as long as you're just sending the link and not wanting to download or actually have the file. And I envision EdTech coaches trying to demonstrate software using this you don't really care to have the file. You just want to have the link. And, you know, I'm not sure how much bandwidth or how much video space you have, but I always, I've been using it actually multiple times to help people with Canvas issues. 
and it's super quick and easy. You get a link as soon as it's over. Um, you have editing tools right in there that allows you to trim the front and the back. You can go from full camera to just the um, computer monitor or the output of the screen or a little split screen action that I think is pretty cool to do all more than one of those. So who or why would you use it? Again, EdTech Coach, um, I think it's just an easy, easy tutorial. You get what you want. You send the link out. But let's not limit it to there. Teachers who might want to share some things with each other, that could be great. Um, I mean, we all, well, I guess we're ed tech people, so we're technology people, so we probably all have those relatives that are like, I don't know how to use this. I don't know how to do that. You can send them a real quick, easy link, and the video is there, and you can walk them through it. Uh, I've done it on a phone with my mother-in-law, and it is not easy to walk people through technology on the phone. So this is a pretty cool way to do it. Send them a link in their email, boom, uh, or even send them a link in their chat messaging on their phone. And I'll tell you what, it, it, that's actually really good. I'm going to do an extended little video that shows the setup, shows how to use it, and uh, put that out on our YouTube channel as well. And I'll tweet that out. I've already recorded some of that, just had to finish putting it together. Um, and that's sort of what we'd like to do with EdTech Weekly, give you a tip of something cool to use, and then... Um, give you uh, a video that helps you use it and maybe some uh, when we get a little bit more into um, the ways that you would use it for students I think this is a good one for coaches uh, students could use it as well and it might be a resource you want to share with or resource you want to share with them but overall I think this would be good for ed tech coaches but again um, you could use it for just about anything if you want to just record a quick video Chrome extension it is extremely easy to set up so I think it's a really cool thing you should check it out um, that's about it. Um, I'm excited about the streaming. I hope it went okay. I see we're online on at least a couple of platforms now, and I'm hoping that it went well. Um, again, follow us at Fortech Teachers or at Christian Morin. Email us edtechweekly at gmail.com. And uh, check out any links to the stories that we have, edtechweeklyshow.com. And uh, that's it. Thanks for joining us on EdTech Weekly. We'll see you next time.